This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Please turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. It says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. But time and chance happen to them all. Time, you can understand. Chance, you might say, are you telling me that life is like a lucky dip? Is life lottery? Far from it. That word chance, interpreted into English, which I don't think the English word is adequately able to do, is actually the word pega, uh, which means occurrence, occurrence twice in the Bible. And um, I, when I was pondering over this verse, I happened to speak a few languages, not many fluently, but one of the ones that I can speak fluently happens to be my mother tongue. I was dwelling on this verse, and it occurred to me that there is a cross between what we call the Afroasiatic languages of which Hebrew Semitic languages, and what they call the Niger-Congo languages. And it don't know me that it's a word that actually goes for that. It's actually, it's about time and happening. Because in some of these languages, they say, a happening has happened. Some of you are aware of something like that? Uh-huh. So he's saying that about time and happenings. Happenings are things that just get dropped on a person. It's not necessarily a chance, it's planned. God knows what he's doing. But it's a happening. Now, God's word, version of the Bible, seems to get it better. Hear what he says. He says, I saw something, reading the same uh, chapter 9 of verse 11 of Ecclesiastes. I saw something else under the sun. The race isn't won by fast runners or the battle by heroes. Wise people don't necessarily have food. Intelligent people don't necessarily have riches. And skilled people don't necessarily receive special treatment. But time and unpredictable events overtake all of them. May I dare tell you this afternoon, in the name that's above all name, that life is unpredictably predictable. Life, you try to predict it, but there's so much unpredictability that God has built into life. And there's a reason for that. Many a times we look at life and live life as if it is so predictable. I enter into a business, and I'm so sure it have turns this way. I enter into a marriage, I enter, I give birth to a child, I start a new job. Everything we think that because if I do this, I do this, I do that. And even I pray and fast with it, which you probably say, well, you've not dotted all the, the, the I's and cross all the T's. No, 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 no. There's an inherent unpredictability in life. And I believe God purposely did that. He did that so that he could retain the control that he needed to have over life. If not for that, you and I, we might just be victims in the hand of the mighty and the big. 
We might just be pawns in the hands of those who are able to fulfill all the conditions. And after they fulfill the condition, they can hold God and say, I fulfilled the condition, and therefore, I must exact my own force on this person. But thank God, God holds the last joker. Thank God, God has, God has the last say over every situation. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, it's the first time the Bible tells us the workings of God in how he does not want the earth to be left in the hand of human beings. He wanted to retain the control. Because inherently in man, there's something not completely well sorted in us. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Many of us, we know that story, don't we? That's how they built the Tower of Babel. In verse 6, because of our time, please, verse 6 of the same chapter. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do now. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. By implication, what was God saying there? That it has come to a point in which they can do whatever they want to do, and I may not have the power to stop because they've done all that has to be done so that they can do it. And what was the thing that they did right so that they could do anything? Does anybody know they were, they were united? And so that unity was so significant that in verse 7, God stopped the unity. Come, let us go down and there confuse the language that they may not understand one another's speech. God decided to say, I will, if you stay united, you will do what you want to do. I can't even stop you because I don't want to or, or, or I don't because the way I fashion, I don't know the reason. But God said the only thing is that if I break their unity. Do you know when Jesus Christ was praying? In John chapter 17, verse 21, Father, make them one as we are one so that the world may know, the world may believe that you, somebody said that's the only prayer that God has not answered for Jesus. Is there unity in the church? Maybe it's not answered it because imagine if we are truly united. Imagine that people will have killed easily. Imagine if we are truly united. Imagine how we will have changed the Bible, which some are already doing. Imagine if all our voices are genuinely one, and we say, no longer shall we stop this issue of, um, you know, um, one man, one woman is a man, and a man is okay, woman and woman is okay. You know how we could have changed it? If all the churches in the world, the Roman Catholic, the Anglicans, the Church of Scotland, the Redeems, and all the, all the churches, we say we are one. And today, we say, the Bible, we are rewriting you. Do you know the Bible will be rewritten? Do you know whatever we come, we become law? But God says, rather than do that, I'm going to retain that unity from you. And I don't think we will see it until we get to heaven. Now, this is a huge thing. The Lord is opening our eyes to see. So, in the next few minutes, before we pray, I want us to now take that sentence very seriously, that statement. That the battle is not to the strong, the race is not to the fast, and all the seven or five things that he listed there, that they are not necessarily binding. So, very quickly, as much as we may feel concerned or worried, I think there are two things I can see from that. Number one, there are cautions and there are confidences. So, I'll give you a few things that should be cautions for you. 
A few things that should make you to exercise caution. So the following cautions you should exercise based on that place that we read that the race isn't won by necessarily by fast runners and as God's word right interpreter. Number one caution. Having in mind that particular verse of scripture. Never say never. Never say never. I have people say it can never happen to me. I have people say that um, it can never happen here. I have people have said that it can, you know, um, never happen over there. They're talking about another country. And I remember very clearly, very funny story. Some of you, uh, do you know where you were when the planes hit the Twin Towers? You always say that there are events in life that you know exactly where you are. Yeah, you know where you are. Right. I was in Boosmore uh, Way, number six Boosmore Way, I remember. Came back early from work, and um, I didn't know what anything was going on. And I remember the living room, and then when the first plane hit the first tower, then another one hit the second tower, and of course, CNN, everybody was all along, and um, he said, well, we don't know what is happening. Is it an accident? Well, we don't think it's an accident. Everybody was guessing. Nobody knew what was going on. And then there was a statement that came from one of the commentators on that day. The man said, God is God. The man said, these twin towers have been so well built. I was describing the technology and the kind of iron and steel that they use in building it, that there's, it can't come down. That even though the planes have hit it, the building can't come down. 30 seconds later, the first tower fell. Unpredictable. Never say never. I remember also not long ago, and these are things that God is using to teach every nation. There's a God in heaven. I do believe in all my heart that those towers were not supposed to have come down, but God is God. When we see him, he will tell us why. I remember when all these Islamic issues were coming up and the terrorism was growing, and um, uh, first time I heard it, because I tend to read comments in newspapers, just tell you, never say never. Never, God is God. Never say never. Never, never say never. I remember, you know, people from many countries, they travel and carry drugs or whatever, and they go to other parts of the world. And I, there was a time, actually, when maybe 20, 25, 30 years ago, when the influence, especially during the Cold War, influence of the West was so strong that if you're a Westerner, you can get away with anything. And people were carrying drugs at that time. They said, oh, they, don't, they don't get killed. But if any person, what did for? Because most nations, they were client nations to these top Western nations. And so, if you're in Saudi Arabia, you can't be head a Westerner because they would just call the king of Saudi Arabia and just going to deal with the matter. And I said, look, our dear fisting that are landed are protecting you against other people, we withdraw it. And so they just kill it underground. You can't. And I remember again, one body was saying, when a Took one man, I think it was about the very first one that was beheaded by this rascal. <laughs> they, don't, they don't respect anybody. And one boy, somebody said, he said, it can never happen. He said, as long as the guy is a Westerner, he put it in the way he had to put it. Within hours, it happened. Now, I'm telling you, some of these that are negative examples, I will come to the positive examples later on. Are you getting what I'm saying? Please never say... In your own life, never say that this is where I am and nothing can happen to me. In your own life, never say, I've gone so far that by end, no, I can rest now. Never, never, never say never. Because God still retains that control. And he will never, 
ever give it unto human beings. Daniel chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. And by the time we rise up today, you will have a better perspective of God. All the governors of the kingdom and administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have, and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Do you remember that king? Who was the king? Okay, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not, which does not, another version says, which does not change. Verse 9, before I move on, therefore King Darius signed the written decree. Amen. Some of you are situated in calling that king, and rightly so, because they change very quickly. Verses 25 to 28. What does it say? Verse 25 to 28. Then King Darius wrote the same king to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. Okay? I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the, what about the other God? And steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. And his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues. And he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the the law that cannot change. Many laws have been written, written this nation. Some are saying it is a done deal. The same hands that are wrote them will change them very soon. <laughs> Many of them have said never. God is says, I am God, never say never. Are they clever? They are. Are they swift? They are. Are they powerful? Oh, church, lift up your head, for your salvation draws near. That was actually the original text the Lord wanted me to talk about. Later on, he changed it. Church, look up, for our time of deliverance is nearer. The reason being that the race is not necessarily to the swift. The battle is not necessarily to the strong. Are people strong? They are strong. Are people wise? They are wise. Are they clever? They are clever. And I'll tell you in a moment, one of the prayers I pray most of the time, one of the points I'll get to later, I beg of you, never say never. Because what you are afraid may not change, will change very soon. And it will change for the better in Jesus' name. Number two, caution we should exercise. Avoid working with a sense of inevitability. Trust God. For moment-by-moment progression. Success is not guaranteed, and failure is not inevitable. Success is not guaranteed, and failure is not inevitable. You might be looking at failure like this. It does not mean you eventually fail. Success might be so near, but also be also cautious. That you don't get too conversant and too bold that nothing will happen. 
And we'll be able to read Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, verse 1 to 9. Joshua 7, verses 1 to 9. We won't be able to read that. But there, the children of Israel, they went to battle the first time. They won the battle. That was the battle of Jericho. And then there was a small town they wanted to face. And it was just as if it is guaranteed. It is all done. There are many people today, yesterday, I got victory in this area today. I will just rise as I rose yesterday and I will go and get the victory. Nothing is guaranteed. Repent, depend on God for moment by moment progression. Where you won yesterday, victory is not guaranteed today. I'm sorry. It might not sound very nice. You must be dependent on God. That is why your life cannot be based on one single fast. Your life cannot be based on one single prayer. The prayer for last week's sermon would not have been enough for today's sermon. If I depended on that, you will get nothing. Nothing what I'm saying, but what is written in the tables of your heart. Not in what you are even writing down, but what we take home and when you are in the midst of a problem, we pop up again. It is not, there is nothing like once and for all in this kingdom. Every time you go in there, and that's why some of us have challenged us. And lovingly, I'm challenging you a little bit too publicly now. That we serve in various departments in the church. Maybe you are dealing with something technical. Check your equipment every day. Tune your guitar if you have to every day. Don't say that yesterday, and I'm not talking about you guitarists, you are doing well. I'm just, I'm picking examples that will not apply so that you don't feel old. I know you tune your because if you don't tune it, I will hear it by the special grace of God. Sunday school teacher, read your manual again. Do it again. Because don't believe that you are swift one time, you remain swift all the time. Number three, very quickly, because of our time. Fight fear. It's another caution. He placed into the hand of the enemy by excluding you from God, who is the only one you should fear reverentially. For Samuel 10, because when he said the, the problem with that is that many at times people are very strong, they, are, they come with a lot of bravados, they, they promise that they're going to destroy us, and we begin to fear, forgetting Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Don't forget it. Is somebody there with me? Don't do what? If you don't forget it, fear we go. If you know that, yes, you are strong. After all, the Bible has told me that it's necessary, it's not, you know, um, there's no guaranteed success for the strong. Still, something can still go wrong for you. And I believe that was the main problem that Saul, the king of Israel, had. I tried to stress where people failed. And I, I think I got the point he failed. I think the man started failing in 1 Samuel chapter 9, chapter 10, rather. God not got the time to read through it. He was a good man. But that day he forgot that there's a God that's greater than the Philistines. Just went to conquer the Philistines. And the Philistines, as they always do, as the devil always does. For the devil, it doesn't really pause. If he wants to catch a person this very week that lost the job, that's the very week that will be... That will be I, uh, Pastor Ruben will say, which boxing match? I had your testimony. You know, there will be probably that for the day that Aji Baji the That's a very, very weak that uh, the child will be sick. And the devil will make it as failure is that God has forgotten you. Somebody been there before. Uh, the same week. And so that was what happened to Saul. The very day, he said, he gathered about 30,000 chariots. 30,000 chariots. And gathered another large number of foot soldiers on horses. And the man, the Bible actually said they were trembling. Is devil try to make you tremble today. Remember, the race is not necessarily to the swift. 
Remember, the battle is not what? Necessary to the strong. Tell the devil that. Tell the devil that. Let him know. And so the man, from that moment, because he feared, which you should have been cautious about, he began his downward journey onto eventual nervous wreck. I pray the Lord will not allow that to happen to you and I. Number four, be careful of making bold cast iron promises. Be careful of making bold cast iron promises. I will be there unfailingly. Have you said that before? Will you be there? Say, I will be there unfailingly. He said, this time around, uh -uh, I'm sure. Uh, sir, you promised me that uh, you will quickly give me that short-term loan. Ah, I forgot, I forgot. About, don't worry, don't worry. By X, Y, Z time, you should be reflecting your account. But what does the Bible tell us to do? James chapter 4, what does it say? James chapter 4, 13 to 15. Come now. You who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, verse 14. We arise, we do not know what will happen tomorrow. But what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away, verse 15. Instead, what should you say? We shall live and do this or that. If the Lord... And even when you go to court, they ask you to swear. They are even wiser than some of us believers. They say, I pledge, I will do this, I will do that. I think you, they tend to say, you are allowed to say, so help me God. So help me God. Let me now talk about confidences because of our time. Number one, that should make you confident. Number one thing that should make you joyful. It's not uh, walking on eggshell. Number one. Though you may be lagging behind, we have not had the last of you yet. It should give you confidence. It should give you confidence. You may be lagging behind. We've not had the last of you yet. You might, in the reckoning of men, be years behind your mates or whatever. We've not had the last of you yet. Because Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22 tells me, A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in the right time. Nothing is over until it's over. I've seen God turn around people that they've written off completely. That's his nature. Number two, confidence you should have. Because of God's help, you are not at the mercy of the strong, the clever, and the fast or the people of understanding as he listed there. And this is the one I want to share with you. I hope this one will sink into your heart. Turn with me to 1 Samuel 24, verse 9, and then we'll read verses 13 to 16. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 9, and 13 to 16. Verse 9 says, And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Indeed, David seeks your harm? Saul has been chasing David all over the place, and, you know, had a chance to kill David, did not kill David. And then that was David now talking to Saul, who was his king, his father-in-law, and at the same time, 
a mentor to him. And David said to Saul, verse 13, thank you, as the proverb of the ancient said, that was still David talking, wickedness proceeds from the wicked, but my hand shall not be against you. Verse 14, after whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog, a flea? Therefore, let the God be judged and judge between you and me, and see and plead my case, and deliver me out of your hand. Do you know when I face the authority, I don't pray the prayer, Lord, you know, uh, uh, destroy their plan. Do you know most of the time I pray, I say, Lord, these people are strong. They can take me down. I genuinely, Lord, they are. I acknowledge it. Many of us say, who are they? No, 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 no. They are strong. Oh, they are. They've got power. I say, but Lord, you can deliver me from their hand. They've written this letter. They've asked me. They have the church. They ask us that, why are we doing this? That they're going to pull down. They're going to do this. And I've seen a few like that before. I said, Lord, see. They have the authority to do it. Even though I've done no wrong, but if they do it, they can get away with it. If you don't intervene, deliver me from their hand. Do you know God has never failed to answer that? I was in a very recent situation. We have, it has to do with financial institutions. I can't give you more details than that. And we are getting unnecessary hardship from this man. Actually, I would talk to Pastor Will. I said, it doesn't seem this man is competent. I mean, every little thing which is normally get done, wasn't getting done. And I sat on the sofa in my office one of the day. My heart just cried. I said, Lord, we're going to meet this man again. If he dis- dis- stabilize everything and cancel it, <laughs> we'll be back to square one. No. Lord, please help us. As we go, just do something. Brethren, when you see Will asking, I saw a different man. He came with so much. In, in actual fact, in the project, no one has helped us like him. And I could trace that to the moment, no, because, Lord, we bind his heart. We take over, we share. No, 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 we're not binding hearts. Lord, and turn his uh, uh, wisdom somewhere, we're not turning anything. Lord, it's you. Well, it wasn't long prayer. If this man does what he has to do, in actual fact, I was already bad matching. The Lord just said, I should shut up. Because he was acting so incompetent sometimes, not knowing that the devil making him. The man that was acting so incompetent became so sharp, so guided, so opening doors that we never even thought could be opened. Opening our eyes to see things that we didn't even know were there. You know what was, it? what was there? Simple, Lord, if you don't help me, I'm toast. And that is he strong? He's strong. Can he take me down? He can take me down. But help can come from you. Will you begin to pray such prayers? Oh, you will see his hand. Because most of the time when they carry all these papers around, and we, we, it's, it's a fairly new discovery for me too. We were all growing together. And they say they are doing consultation, they are doing whatever. Hey, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not a matter, it's not fair. Lord, they can do it. Lord, rescue me from their hand. You can? No, what are you talking about? You can get away. After Italy, I click six million people. It's history now. Oh. Wicked people, they will be wicked. But it's for you to run unto me and say, Lord, deliver me. We had of situations before in which made errors in the hospital or what they should have done, they didn't do. Thank God, when it involves transition to another life, as painful as it is, as long as only the person has gone to the Lord, because I'm going to conclude with that about heaven and my last part. 
it's not so painful. It's when we are here that with the consequences of what we have done that is very painful unto us. But they've done it, they've done it. You will never be a victim again. Yeah. Uh, you didn't hear my prayer. I said, you'll never be a victim again. Yeah. Number three confidences you have. God can make up for deficiencies after you have tried your level best. Hear, my, hear me very well there. When they say the race is not to destroy, some of you are saying that, should I sit down and not run? Of course you must run. It's not to the strong. Of course you must build your strength. But let it be known. That's going to be our prayer number two. Let it be known that after you have tried, what you will get is more than your effort. You will walk. Who will not, who will not ask you to walk? But if, when you are competing with those who depend only on their work, there's no way that you will not be better than them. You may be 10% short of them, but you have the extra factor. And that extra factor is that, Lord, you have said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11, that the race is not to the swift. And not necessarily that the men of understanding will have the best of all jobs or whatever. But happenings can happen. And when happenings happen, unpredictable effects, what they don't know will happen, will happen. Lord, stand with me. Of course, work. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, very quickly, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it says, and God is able. Somebody say, God is able. Ah, well, the person that believes God is able, I say, God is able. When we say some of these things, and you hear them with your own mind, they have a way of impacting your life. It's able. Tell yourself again, God is able. So God is able to make all Grace to abound toward that you always, look at the superlatives there, having in, may have of an abundance for every good work. There's work there. <laughs> There's work there. Your grace is not sit down and do nothing. Thinking is there. I was telling you that standing here, uh, the preparation for last Wednesday will not carry today. Work is there. But it will make available unto you all grace. Having always, having all sufficiency in. That's his plan. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. He said, I plant. And uh, Apollo, waters, who gives the increase? There must be planting and there must be... Don't live here going away, rubbing your hand and saying, now, switch work. They will run and take everything. But what I'm telling you is that it will not be said of you in your own case. That when you are strong, that those that are weaker will overtake you. Because, 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 even if your strength does not match your competitors... Because of that extra from the Lord, you will end up as an unpredictable event. Because we, 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 we live in a life in which there are too many things that we are working against. Number four, very quickly, and I've mentioned that already, in the competitive world, you don't have to come last, though you may not be the best. And I go to the last one. In the competitive world, you don't have to come last, though you may not be the best. Mark chapter 10, verses 29 to 31. Finally, 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 
you will love last. You will love last. And your laughter shall be lasting. It will not just be a short one, it shall be a prolonged laughter. Listen, I I won't go through that now. The Beatitude, Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 to 12. It mentioned one by one, those who will see God, those who will obtain mercy. It was contrasting, actually, the weakness of man with the blessing that can come out of the weakness. He said, the poor in spirit, the poor in spirit are those who see themselves as nothing. But he said, they will want to inherit the kingdom of God. Those that are persecuted, he said, they will be meek. If I'm meek, in those days was a good word. Now it's not a totally bad word. Meek, these days simply means silly and stupid. Means that you can be exploited. He said, but they are the ones to inherit the heart. And he listed it like that. Which means, and then he concluded that place. He said, and therefore, the last shall become the first, and the first shall become the last. I know it is the last becoming the first that is your portion. Because that's why I sent me to you this afternoon. But I know that there's a last, last. There's a last, last. There's a last that we're talking about, last of your career. Uh, there are some things, there are some events in life that except on the unpredictability, unfortunately, of careers nowadays, most jobs in those days, they are for life. You're a teacher, you teach until retirement. You agree with me. You are a nurse, you are a nurse, a doctor, you are even engineers, uh, most people. Things last. Most people that entered, even the producing companies in those days, you remember, many of them did 25 years. You know, a generation like that. You got what I just got away on stage, except you are very adventurous. There's nothing that should move you. It's true. And now I'm at a situation in which in a fairly stable profession in which I was when I was bivocational before I, you know, the Lord called me to full-time ministry. And I have maids that are retiring. And then that, that one has come to an end. Um, they've done everything and sometimes bad news, which is very sad. At 60 plus or minus, these are very young people. You start having people passing away. And you can imagine it will focus your attention. That's why I said the day of death is better than the day of birth. He says it's better to go to the house of money to go to the house of birth. Because when you hear of death, it focuses your mind. Is somebody on the same page with me? Or this person is a fool. It focuses your mind. I mean, between Monday and today, four that I had. Two still, two fresh. And if you join in the past month, it just keeps happening. So it's about time that... It was, look, whether you like it or not, uh, my father died at age 64. He was like an old man at that time to me. To be honest, I mean, he was, he was, was papa, he was a, and I'm saying, and I'm just like a small boy to myself now. I don't think I'm not. Hallelujah. And he is, so I started looking, what is last? What is last? He said, we laugh last. What is this last? Is the last the end of your career? Is the last when you hand over your children to be married? Is last when you now decide to have whatever? What is last? What is last? Revelation 21 verse 4. Revelation 21, that is last. That is the last last. That is the last laugh. The real last laugh. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Nor sorrow nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. 
That is the last, last. When a person fails, that is the real time he has failed. There is no failure here on earth that is so consequential. And when Shaya was teaching this point of motive, I got another message immediately. Very powerful topic he picked. He was teaching about motive. Motive simply came from the word motivus, which was a Latin word, which means to move or to be driven. That's it. So when you say, what is the motive? What is driving you? Two things are driving every human being. Powerful things. Only two things. I try to calculate it again here and there, do the math. I find that everything will fit to those two. Number one, honor. It's a driving force. Most of what we are chasing in life is because of honor. That you are not poor. That you are not working in rats. It's honor that is driving you. You are staying at that table studying. You are there in the midnight making sure you deliver on Monday the project. You know what is driving you? What? Honor. Because you don't want to be spoken of as stupid and foolish. When people are comparing us, you don't want your own time. They say everybody's been this, has been that. You don't want to fall short of that. It's honor. It's time to read the milestones of life. Marriage, children, grandchildren, whatever. Because people compare us, you want the honor. So honor drives you to pray. Honor drives you to do. Number two things that drives every man is pleasure. Pleasure. And pleasure is also very powerful. Now, the balance of life is between honor and pleasure. Hallelujah. Many a times, pleasure should drive you hard. It's okay. When honor will not suffer. I might still carry a few people with me. What did I say are the two things that drive every human being? Because I'm talking about heaven now. Honor and what? Do you agree with me? They are very powerful forces. Oh, of course. Pleasure is food. Pleasure is good sightseeing. Pleasure is, pleasure between pleasure and honor is good dressing. But there's some, some satisfaction you get that see me. Am I right? It is. But there's always a constant tension between which one do I take? Some people, for instance, take this example, and I will close in a minute, because this is very, very important. In actual fact, the Lord said, this is the pinnacle of this message. Thank God for what I've told you before, but please listen carefully. Imagine Her Majesty the Queen, Elizabeth II, sitting in one of the meetings when they want to open the parliament. One of those few occasions, she has the crown on her head. I'm talking about honor and pleasure. And because age has come, and when I see people grow old gracefully, I thank God for her. But the crown on her head now seems pretty too heavy. God has a stone there, and, and that thing is so heavy. I may be pinching here and there. Pleasure drive, we say, take it off. Honor drive, we say, what will she do? What will she do? As long as I know, I know that elderly lady, she will keep it on. She will, may do that. She may turn a 10-minute speech to a 2-minute speech. But will she take it off? So we are all constantly faced with honor and pressure tension. Honor and pleasure tension. And fasting. And the honor I'm chasing is that I will get this breakthrough. But there is a drive for pleasure. What is the drive for pleasure telling me? What is it telling me? 
and eat very. Which one must win? Honor or pleasure? Honor a better one. Now they keep fighting. You agree with me? And they are both strong drives. And they are both legitimate drives. And they are both drives that we must entertain. But you must allow honor to win. One day, go greatest sin in heaven. Plenty of pleasure there. But there will be a lot of honor there. When you will stand before the king. When he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. When you will not be ashamed, when they will not be looking, his brother X there, his brother Y there. Oh no. When we get to heaven, we will have bodies like we will recognize one another. If they eat in heaven, in heaven, you have feelings, you have emotions. But all have been readjusted and perfected. The only thing that is not in heaven, and that's one of the things when I was looking at this one that just occurred to me. The only thing in heaven is that we shall not have gender-based human beings. We shall all be one gender. The Bible did not tell which shall be male or female gender. That would not matter there. And that also means one of the greatest pressure for pleasure on earth will not be there. And that's why the issue of the kind of attraction that you know what I'm talking about between man and man, it can't be in God's agenda. Because we shall all be the same gender in heaven. Somebody follow, follow what I'm saying. And we can't carry that one day. So we make sure that one of the greatest pressures in life, one of the greatest pressures in life, greatest drives in life, of course, that's what keeps the whole human beings going on because of the pressure for procreation. We'll be gone there. But apart from that, we will see each other. We must get to heaven. We must. God knows his stuff. But he also knows he can help you. Don't get to the point in which heaven will be deemed from your sight. It's real. And the way anybody can be called home anytime. Visit somebody, lovely brother. You know, you know what has happened all around. People are practically of all our ages. You only heard that they departed. I hope you are sitting down to think, what, what if it is me? And it's unreversible. If Shell says go, BP may say come. If God says go, where will you go? And there's no second run. It's been given unto man to die once after this. I'm trusting God that the next few weeks a revival of heaven-mindedness will break out. Yeah. And don't worry yourself. The devil, he knows his agenda. His agenda is to keep us down. But God has said he won't keep us down. You will get there. And don't listen to anyone who, who is telling you, ah, when we die, it's all over. It's not over. It's very obvious it cannot be over. There are too many unresolved things that have to be resolved. 
There are too many things you've missed here that you need to get answer to. God is too God, much of a God of conclusion. He's Alpha and Omega. We shall see Jesus. And we shall reign with him. Are you sure? We shall reign with him. All heads bowed. You know where you are. All this thing we are talking about, you have not even committed your heart to Jesus as a Lord and Savior. You have not started. You are not even on the way. Make all the excuses you want. Blame everyone you want to blame. It does not it, it wouldn't it wouldn't do. But today you can start with Jesus. You can face that direction called heaven. When we say you will laugh last, that's why those that have even gone before you, remember, our last point was that the first will be the last and the last the first. It's good to be last now so that you can be first eventually. Are you in the house? You want to turn your heart into Jesus. I want to pray for you. You want him to be the Lord, all heads bowed, please. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of your life. I'm inviting you, please. I'm running towards that heaven myself. Every obstacle on my way, I'm battling them down. Bad attitude. Sometimes fear. Sometimes just not quick enough to obey God. We all, it's a journey. But if you have not even started the journey, you, you ain't going nowhere. Do you want to start that journey with Jesus today? Lift your hands unto the heavens, I will pray for you. You want to say, Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. Come into my life. Be my God. Be my Lord. Be the ruler over my life. Lift your hand. God sees you. I will pray for you. He knows where you are. God bless you. God bless you. For the record. God bless you. You know where you are. They will bring the paper to you. See that person in that corner. Anyone? Going, going, going. If it's that one person, that's it. Wanting to start today. God is glorified already. Father, I hand over that soul to you right now. The work of salvation that this one is crying for, let it be complete, let it be total, let it be permanent. We pray, Father Lord, that on the last day, this your own shall not be missing. And you, our Father, will be glorified. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' name we pray. With all our heads still bowed, you don't need to show your hand. You are a child of God already, but you know and you know that if the Lord were to come today because of your continual disobedience in one area or another of your life, you know within you that you may not be in heaven. Ask God to please restore you today. Get your feedback on the life. Start praying right now. 30 seconds to a minute I will give you. Ask him to get you back. And let no one trivialize anything. The Holy Spirit will quicken your heart. Something will rise within you to point out to you that all is surely not really well. Let him fix you. He has fixed many before. He can fix you too. 
Don't listen to me. Listen to what you are hearing now because I know the Spirit of the Lord is bearing witness with my spirit that is speaking to you, speaking to somebody there. I don't want to alarm you for I only need to say the truth. I pray that I will live old. I pray that I will live many more years. If the Lord decides to come for me today, use and Christ, life will go on. For him coming for me is not the issue. Where am I ending? Make sure you end on the right side. Father, we turn ourselves over to you. Please redirect our paths. Get us on the right path. And may we never depart from there again. We give you honor and glory. Rise on your feet with me and we pray three prayer points in very quick succession. And I would like you to pray it energetically and pray it confidently. Another five minutes I should be done. We pray it as confessional prayers as we do. And you say, Father, Say, Father, empower me to be swift, to be wise, and to be strong. But please give me results that are far more than my speed, my wisdom, and my strength. Lift up your voices and pray. Father, empower me to walk swiftly. Empower me to do what I have to do. But above all, oh Lord, give me results that are more than all the efforts I'm putting in. More than my speed, more than my wisdom and my strength. Give me, oh God. Empower me, Lord. Do mighty work in my life in the name that's above all names. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Second one, say, Father, please disappoint the swift the strong and the clever ones who are set to oppress me in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. Father, please disappoint the swift, disappoint the strong, disappoint the clever ones who are proposing their heart that they will oppress me. Let them be disappointed. Let your word, Ephesians chapter 9 verse 11, come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let them meet with their waterloo. Let them meet with opposition that they cannot scale, oh God. Speak unto the Lord with all confidence. These are prayers of confidence you are praying. These are prayers of boldness you are praying. Lord, do not. Your word has said it. I'm facing challenges. I'm facing opposition. But Lord, disappoint, disappoint, disappoint all those, oh Lord, who have set themselves against me. All those who are proposing in their hearts that they will oppose me and oppress me. They are strong, I know they are. They are wiser than I am, I know they are. They've got skills more than I do. Lord, I'm quite aware of that. But Lord, you are God in heaven. And you can turn their wisdom into foolishness, their strength into weakness, their speed into sluggishness, oh God. Or into complete immobilization. Lord, help me, help me, oh God. And let me reach the goal that you have set for me. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And this last one is a long one. I first read it for you. And please pray them with me. Prayer goes and I say, Father, please weaken the hands of those who are foisting ungodly agenda over this nation and our nations. Let their strength, their wisdom, and their speed count for nothing. Do you think it's a prayer we should pray? 
Do you think a prayer that we really need to pray? So say after me, say, Father, please weaken the hands of those who are foisting ungodly agenda over this nation and our nations in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands. Father, please weaken their hands, O oh God. Weaken their hands, those who are foisting ungodly agenda over this nation. They are forcing it. They are foisting it. You know, foisting means they are, they are cleverly and deceptively imposing their will upon this nation. Imposing their own agenda upon this nation. Lord, disappoint them. Disappoint them. Let them, let their hands be weakened. Let their agendas fail. Let all their plans come to nothing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Weaken their hands, oh God. Turn their wisdom to foolishness. Turn their cleverness into complete madness, oh God. They may be people of skill. You have said, skilled people don't necessarily receive special treatment. He said, intelligent people don't necessarily have riches. They may be intelligent, Lord. The richness of amassing a lot of influence, oh God. Let it be deprived unto them. Let them not have their way, oh God. And let your kingdom move forward powerfully and strongly. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name, we are praying. Hallelujah. 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 Your hand that we raise up in the moment shall be hands that shall be strengthened by the Almighty. Because we do exploits for Him. And as you are standing on those two feet, those feet will be permanently on the narrow road in the name of the Lord Jesus. The broad way shall be hated by those feet. It shall be like hot coal. You step there, you quickly remove it away. You just find yourself bouncing back to the narrow road. Just find yourself bouncing back to the narrow road. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. We have heard your word. But I know these children, they have heard your heart. And so I'm asking right now as our hands are lifted unto you. Let these hands be anointed to do exploits for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wherever you have called us unto, there we shall labor for you. There we shall be victorious in your name, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And these feet will stay permanently on the narrow road in the name of the Lord Jesus. The broad road shall be like hot coal. You won't stand there. It shall be like a furnace. You will bounce away from there instantly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your spiritual reflex will be to stay on the path unto heaven. And I declare and I declare with a cry of pleading. Everyone in this room by your mercy, O Lord, we shall end strong and end well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our destination shall be heaven. None shall go to hell. Let your cover cover us. Let your mercy be sufficient today. Restore, O oh God. And bring back to the place you have ordained for each and every one in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
You promised me you will hear my cry today. And I know you are hearing me. Do wonders. This is our year of wonder. Do wonders. The defeat the enemy thinks is, in, is inevitable. This disappoint and shock the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus. Anytime you wake up and you say, I can't do anything about you. I'll be defeated. You will be defeated no more. But you shall permanently be victorious. Very soon you will testify of the glory of God. And his name shall be praised in your life. From today, we are overcomers. We are heaven bound. And our place in heaven shall not be taken. Thank you, Father. We give you honor and glory. Every illness in this room receive the touch of the Lord. Receive the touch of the Lord. Let all things genuinely be new for you. And let Jehovah be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Jesus, marvelous name, we pray. Hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.